The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 261st ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from the past week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into college football. Well, my highlight of the week and event of the week that I covered is watching the Golden State Warriors put on an absolute clinic on Friday night at the Boston Garden which included the instant classic third quarter where they outscored the Celtics 31 to 9 en route to an absolute blowout of the home team. It was my first time ever watching uh, Kevin Durant in person and it was really amazing to see he had a fabulous game and to see someone that tall 7 foot 1 with his ball handling skills, his grace, and of course his shooting, particularly from three-point land, just was really a treat. Uh, You know, I've never seen anybody quite like him, and uh, he just literally owned that game, uh, and not to mention his defense and rebounding. He's truly, truly a more dominant player than I ever realized, despite uh, having watched him on TV for years. But again, seeing him in person, uh, the way he moves, he, he just glides across the court. was really, really uh, something very, very impressive. And I guess when, uh, you know, when I think about my take-home from the other night, it was very simple. There was a point in the game in the second half where they replaced two All-Stars with two All-Stars. Uh no other team in the league does that. I have to wonder if any team in NBA history has done that, or for that matter, in really any other sport. I mean, what it was was Durant and Curry. Steph Curry came into the game and replacing, uh, you know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. 
And again, two all-stars uh, subbing for two all-stars. It just struck me uh, as to the level of talent on that team. And uh, Clay Thompson was also had a huge game. Uh, just money from the outside. Uh, the defense, when I talked about the 31 to 9 third quarter uh, clinic, uh, a lot of that was rooted in defense. They, at one point, I believe, turned the Celtics over four times in a row, right down the court. They probably had close to 10 turnovers for the quarter, all, most of them leading to points. Uh, and then on offense, they were in uh, overdrive as well. So it was just, again, <clears throat> one of the most amazing quarters of basketball I've ever seen. Uh, certainly in person, but even on TV, if I had been watching there, it was really just uh, the Golden State Warriors at their best. It felt like it was a quarter of basketball of what this team can be when it's clicking on all cylinders. And it was uh, just a, a dazzling, dazzling display. The first half was very close. Celtics hung with them. It was a seven-point lead at halftime for the Warriors. And again, uh, the third quarter, they just, again, kicked it in. And boy, oh boy, it was just really, truly something to witness. So moving on, my bizarre story of the week was uh, yesterday, this weekend, I should say, uh, new NFL record with 12 missed extra points on one weekend. It's the most ever uh, the previous record, I believe, was eight set many, many years ago. So that record got obliterated. And frankly, a lot of discussion all weekend long yesterday, today, about uh, is the new rule where they kick further back? An extra point is now, in effect, a 33-yard kick. Uh, is it good or bad for the game? I love it. I just think it adds a new level of intrigue to the game. Uh, you know, it forces decision-making. Uh, I like that Mike Tomlin, coach of the Steelers, is a go-forward kind of guy. Uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Certainly didn't help him out in the game against Dallas. He went for it, I believe, after all four touchdowns. They converted none of them. In the end, uh, you know, it didn't, it could have cost him, but Ezekiel had took care of that by... Uh, running the uh, Red Sea parting uh, touchdown at the end of the game. So it really didn't matter, but, you know, they uh, all they needed was a field goal. They got the touchdown, of course, to put the game away. But uh, had that not happened, uh, we'd have been hearing a lot more about Mike Tomlin's decisions. But anyway, that aside, I just think it's just a great rule overall for the league. And, uh, you know, I just really enjoy it. I just think it's great. Uh, the weather certainly played a, a factor yesterday uh, with some of the missed kicks. But, you know, some of them were in the dome and whatnot. And, uh, you know, so you can't blame it all on the weather. And as we well know, up here in the Northeast, uh, we haven't seen any real weather yet. Wait till that gets going. And then we're really going to see this uh, uh, longer point after touchdown kick 
come into uh, uh, to have even more meaning than it's had already. Another great NFL weekend. Uh, the Redskins last night, huge victory over the Packers on Sunday night football. Redskins ascending, Packers descending in a big way. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks going out to Kansas City and winning over the Chiefs. Uh, very, very impressive victory for them. And then finally, uh, Jared Goff uh, finally gets his first start. Uh, it's been a storyline all year, and I thought he did okay. I mean, he didn't do anything fantastic, but more importantly, he didn't do anything terrible. Didn't cost them the game. They gave up two late touchdowns to the Dolphins. They pretty much had a 10 nothing lead throughout the game, it seemed, and uh, but you can't lay it on Jared Goff, so... It was, uh, you know, uh, just one of those things, but I thought he did okay, better than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, Sticking with the NFL, my NFL player engagement story that I wrote this past week was interviewing Raiders running back Taiwan Jones, who twice visited Mexico City this year in advance of uh, tonight's big game in Mexico City, Texans versus Raiders. Uh, it was a great story. He's a terrific guy to interview. He went down uh, with Latavius Murray, the uh, the breakout star, perhaps, of this entire NFL season, really, with what he did against the Broncos uh, a couple weeks ago. Three touchdowns over 100 yards rushing. Uh, and then they made a second visit where there was a lot of people from Jim Plunkett, uh and Lincoln Kennedy to other current players. So they primed Mexico City throughout the year, and now tonight's the big night. The game sold out at under 30 minutes. It's going to be quite a spectacle from Estadio Azteca. And I can't wait to watch it. And again, my story is at www.nflplayerengagementoneword.com. And lastly, my lowlight of the week is the Death watch of Charlie Strong at Texas uh, hit a new low, losing to Kansas of all teams on Saturday. I think it's the first time Kansas beat Texas in forever, and the whole thing—it's been—it's just so awkward now. I watched his press conference within the past hour, and it's all just awkward. There's of course reports out there that he really has been fired. He said he hasn't been told. They even referenced uh, Texas players are considering boycotting the final game. I don't think that's going to happen, but the story is out there. It's a disaster, period. And the University of Texas is just shameful in their handling of this Charlie Strong situation from the day he was hired. It's just been awful. Day one and continues to be more awful by the day, leading us into where we are today. Uh, Luckily for him, his final game is against TCU this week, and that'll be that. Uh, So, again, it's just really as awkward as these situations can possibly be. And believe me, they can be very awkward over the years, as we know, the way college football uh, institutions get rid of their head coach. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Glad to be here and have some good weather for Thanksgiving here in South Alabama. Oh, glad to hear that, because we are not having good weather here in Boston. It's cold, period. Winter arrived yesterday. I don't think uh, the party's over as far as our nice, mild autumn up here. And today is really, really cold and windy. No snow or anything like that, like we saw a lot over the college football landscape on Saturday. But uh, it's, it's cold up here suddenly in Boston. And... AP, think of, speaking of cold, at the end of my first segment, I, of course, was talking about Charlie Strong and the cold way in which the University of Texas has handled this situation really since day one, literally. The grumble started after he was hired, before he ever even set foot in Austin. It's continued, but it's now reached a new low. I think it's just horrible the way it's all unfolding. Yeah, John, I mean, if they're going to you know, make a change and go in a different direction, just come out and make that statement, have a nice clean break. There's no sense in putting him through all this nonsense and all these statements that are t- trying to hold off the, the, the water breaking through the dam. Exactly. I mean, they just had him, you know, do his usual weekly press conference, and it was just beyond awkward all within the past hour, and... You know, I mean, say what you want about Charlie Strong, uh, and he hasn't won. Uh, There's no dispute that he needs, it's time to go. But there is a, you know, a lot of criticism into how 
it just has been like, you know, this ongoing storyline. I won't even say bubbling below the surface. It's been well over the surface for from day one. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, he's tried to do the right thing, you know, uh, period. And for him to just be seemingly, you know, hung out to dry on a weekly basis over the last few years has just, again, been, in my mind, almost a new low for how an institution handles its coach. John, you would think that after all these years and all these coaching changes that happened in the last 50 years, especially in the last probably 10 years, someone would come up with a plan and just follow. I mean, because they all copy each other. Why not just pick the best one and, you know, make a statement and, and move on? Yeah, and to me, it's a simple with Charlie Strong. I mean, you know, this year and in previous years, where you just simply say, you know, we will not discuss... It is not a topic until after the season, period. Just shut it down. We will not address questions. This is where you need a little Belichick type of approach and just, uh, that's it. It's not a topic for discussion from either Charlie or the administration until the end of the year. And you just shut it down on day one. Instead, we have, you know, I mean, Saturday's loss was shocking, obviously, to Kansas. I mean... Boy, the some of the views of those players like breaking down and stuff on the sidelines, and we know that they haven't beat them in a hundred years or whatever. And uh, right, but but you know this nebulous you know storylines of quote reports out there that Charlie Strong has been fired from multiple multiple media sources is just again so awkward and weird. I th- I think. John, I mean, yeah, a lot of those services, whether it's true or it's not, they all try to jump the gun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, absolutely. In, all, all the weasels come out of the ground at, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, just culminating in Charlie Strong again having to appear before the cameras within the hour, past hour, and just say, like, I haven't been told anything yet, so to speak, or I haven't been fired, if you want to read it that way. Whatever is just wrong on all counts, and you know, and Texas is making itself look bad. That's the part that, of course, is the most amazing to me in the whole thing. It's like you're you're shooting yourself in the foot, like you're purposely allowing it to happen, if not feeding it, if 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 they're in any way, shape, or form the source of these rumors that have that are apparently, you know, out there now. It's just crazy, just so weird, so awkward. I don't get it. No, no, I don't, I don't either because, uh, you know, Texas is a great great institution of learning, and you, you would yes. think they would have a plan. Correct. There you go. Uh, right, exactly. And, uh, you know, any, any college should, any high school should <laughs> for this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's not that complicated. No. But anyway... No. Speaking of a school with a plan and it is buttoned up and, you know, this wouldn't be happening in Alabama under Nick Saban, you know, that's for sure. Uh, you know, they, of course, dispatched Chattanooga on Saturday. They remain simply head and shoulders above every other football program in the country, firmly entrenched at number one, The along with Western Michigan, but, you know, really the, the, the lone undefeated 
team in the country now. And uh, how was it on Saturday? You were there, of course, as always. Well, John, you know, Chattanooga has a real fine program and, at a, you know, very good defensive backfield and the quarterback was fun to watch. He's a left-hander. They had some good receivers, running backs, uh, good scheme. But I think Alabama, it's like when you're playing your little brother in the backyard, you, you understand that he has potential, but you realize at any moment you can turn on the switch and, and, and put a beat down on him. So the first half, Alabama... I think it was scores three zip at the end of the first quarter, and you're thinking to yourself, "Gee whiz, uh, there's some power five teams that couldn't do this to Alabama." Uh, right. And it's, you know, Chattanooga, they were able to have that early lead, but uh, halftime, fourteen to three, and Nick Saban, I believe the word he used uh, was embarrassed. So I'm, just, you know, I know they got a talking to at halftime. Some of the things he told us during the press conference, but he said I couldn't repeat the rest because it'd be beeped out. <laughs> you know, he was not a happy camper. Yeah, was not a happy camper, and he he went on to say how he's trying to get the word out to his players that every week you have to be prepared and ready to compete. And it's one of those conversations he had at the halftime. Well, I told you so, and then those are never pleasant um, for the coach or the players involved. So, but they still won, you know, still won by four touchdowns. And, you know, John, I once had a conversation with Frank Broel, the legendary Arkansas coach, Georgia Tech quarterback. Uh, I said, why was Coach Bryant at Alabama so great? And he said that he could get his players to compete harder every week than all the other coaches. So I think people understand human nature. You're not going to have 14 uh, Picassos in a season. It just doesn't happen. So be satisfied that you have the victory and your your players are not injured during the game and now it's on to Auburn, big rival game, and all the, the stakes are, you know, in the middle of the table. And so, But, but Nick Saban, of course, he, he's, not, he's never happy, never satisfied, never complacent until that final game of the year if they're hoisting the championship trophy. Yep, yep, the Iron Bowl. Um, this Saturday it's going to be... Interesting to watch. I, it lost a little bit of its luster when Auburn had such a feeble effort in losing to Georgia last weekend. But uh, a lot of that going around last weekend, that's for sure, with top teams. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, they've got talent. It'll be interesting. And it's the classic rivalry game. So you never know. But I think it'll be entertaining. We'll all be watching, no doubt about it. Uh, and AP sticking with the, the top top 10 or whatever uh don't want to pat myself on the back but i think i nailed that houston louisville game pretty well last week john you have an uncanny ability every time you bring up these games is an upset <laughs> i don't predict often but i and i'm not a betting man but i would have bet the house on that one and i think you know you and i both know why i mean tom herman has been around the block. I mean, all the elements were, were in place, exactly what I said. Houston had a chance to save their season. Now, you know, they just blew them out. I mean, it started with the opening kickoff when Louisville fumbled, which they seemed to have a penchant of doing, and uh, and boom, Houston scores next play, and the route is on, and boy, they just... I mean, after watching that game, it, it'll almost be awkward at if Lamar Jackson wins the Heisman, if you know what I'm saying, it was such a dismal performance. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, 
somebody might jump up into the number one spot considering that past game he played against Houston. Uh, you know, he was a clear-cut front runner throughout the season, but there's still some big games to be played, and time will tell. Yes. Well, sooner or later, the pretenders get, you know, ruled out, and I don't want to, you know, bash Louisville. They ran into an absolute buzzsaw. I mean, again, this was Houston needing to save its season uh, with, you know, knowing that 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 win would basically save their season, and uh, and it did. Um, And now Tom Tom Herman is once again the darling of, uh, you know, the next coach to be hired, and I didn't realize this till just uh, again within the past hour or so that uh, around the Charlie Strong stuff that he actually worked at the University of Texas for a couple of years under Mac Brown. I never knew that. So once I heard that, I think if Charlie Strong is fired after the TCU game, and I think Tom Herman is hired within the hour. Right, if not the half hour. Right, there you go, yeah. It'll be simultaneous <laughs> announcements, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's their top candidate, I believe. Yeah, and obviously Tom Herman coaches at Houston, so he's already got the Texas landscape down. Let's not forget he was the offensive coordinator for Ohio State when they won the national championship a couple of years ago, so he knows how to handle a big program as well. I mean, he's perfect, period, right? Yeah, so obviously he likes Texas. He was there. In that right. state, so uh, I don't think there's any problem with living in the the Southwest or the state of Texas. Not at all. Not at all. He's, uh, you know, he's done an amazing job with Houston. He really has, and uh, you know, never more in evidence than, you know, the opening game victory against Oklahoma, what they did last Thursday night against Louisville, and you know, right now, AP, if I was voting for the Heisman, you know. I watched that West Virginia-Oklahoma game with great interest, having once covered the Mountaineers back in the day. Uh, So I love games from Morgantown, especially in the snow. But if I had to vote today, I think I'd vote for Baker Mayfield. I feel like he might be playing the best quarterback in the country at this moment. He's a pretty hot quarterback, and he'll have a few uh, chances to show himself. You know, they play Oklahoma State, I think it's the last game for them, so he'll have a chance to show out. Yes, and I felt bad for West Virginia, who, you know, I follow and have forever. Uh, It was just so reminiscent of when they were the number one team in the country with Major Harris as their quarterback, and all they had to do was win a game at home against Pitt. Speaking of arch rivals like Auburn, Alabama, um, and Pitt, who was having just an average season at best that year, went in and just absolutely blew them out in Morgantown. Right, right around this very time, right around like the you know end of mid to end of November, and ruined their national championship hopes. And obviously, I'm not saying West Virginia. Well, they, they had a path. It was an unlikely path to the CFP. But uh, yes. anyway, Oklahoma put that to bed in a hurry <laughs> with a 28 nothing lead on Saturday night in the snow. Right? Yeah. Somebody told me they thought that would happen. I was really surprised considering the game was at home in Morgantown. Yeah. You know, if it was the NFL playoffs right now, like like I've often said, you see these teams with that, quote, championship look. They're hot. They're really hot, Oklahoma. I didn't realize how hot they were until Saturday night. Um, 
And boy, you know, if it, again, if this was the NFL playoffs or if they somehow sneak into the playoffs, watch out. They're, they're now the official team that nobody wants to face, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's always dangerous when you have a quarterback that's on a roll. Correct. Plus, they have those two excellent running backs, uh, you know, and then uh, the wide receiver, uh, Westbrook, uh, D.D. Westbrook, and yeah, Joe Mixon, a running back. And so, yeah, uh, you, you know, they, they, they've got like the skill positions pretty well covered. And, and again, their offense is just an absolute high gear. Yeah, that, that's, you know, they had the setbacks early, but they've come on strong. And, uh, you know, like you said, I wouldn't want to play him with that high quarterback because he's capable of winning a game by himself. And that's always very, very dangerous. Exactly, exactly. Well, AP, we've gotten a start on covering uh, all the happenings with college football. There's still uh, more to go, but why don't we uh, take our first break now and uh, we'll get to that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 888-346-9144. 888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, I watched the Michigan State-Ohio State with game on Saturday with great interest. Fabulous, fabulous game. Michigan State scored on their first play from scrimmage. And... It, of course, came down to Mark D'Antonio's call to go for two at the end of the game, which would have won it. They scored to put within one point of Ohio State, a minute or two left. I'll put it this way, AP. I love the call. When you're three and seven, you just make that call. Nothing to lose. I didn't like the play, though. I, I thought 
LJ Scott had been running wild all day. He was basically unstoppable, including on the very drive where they tied it. And to not give it to him, to not put the ball in his hands, shocked me. Yeah, John, I've heard that those same comments from a few people, and I guess there's a, a maxim in football, if you're going to run it, uh, call the play behind your best blocker, give it to your top rusher. Correct. I mean, he had a game, just a, a spectacular game. I mean, uh, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm running an NFL team and I need a running back, he's the guy. I mean, I, I, and it's not like, you know, he just showed up Saturday. He's been doing some pretty interesting things, amazing things over the past couple of years, including in like Big Ten championship games and other high profile games. But uh, again, what he did on Saturday was really uh, just peeling off long runs and, re, you know, receptions, uh, you know, followed by long runs. I mean, he, he was a dominant player on the field, and then they just. Again, I love the call. I mean, real time. I was thinking it the moment they scored. And so I loved the call. I really did. The go for two. Why not? You're three and seven. You have a chance to beat Ohio State. But again, I was just a little disappointed. And even on the pass play, uh, O'Connor, the quarterback, t- uh, threw it into two c- cover. You know, guy was double covered. And there was another guy just about 10 feet to the left who had the inside track with single coverage. Had he thrown to him, they would have made it. But, you know, tough choice. But again, just wasn't overly thrilled with the call. But it was a great game to watch, no doubt about it. Ohio State, you know, I mean, you know, to their credit, they held on, they won, they came back, they were down from the opening play. And they just kept fighting back. And, you know, just a really terrific game, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that Ohio State, they've been playing some close games uh, this year. You know, yes. all the teams are blowing out, but they're playing some close games. So, I mean, that that serves you well, John, if you can keep winning because you, you don't get nervous when, when the score is tight. But sometimes it's a prelude to maybe the team is not as, as uh, talented as some believe. Correct. Well, Michigan, again, won. They had their hands full, but they didn't have their starting quarterback. But they did. they got the job done against Indiana. So this is it. This is the weekend. Uh, it's finally here. Of course, the headliner is Michigan-Ohio State. For me, as someone who grew up near Penn State at the exact same time, meaning noon Eastern time this Saturday, will be Penn State hosting that very same Michigan State game, who's obviously Michigan State's playing well. They may be 3-8 and eight or whatever they are, but they're playing well. Uh, another team you don't want to face. Uh, but that is going to be... Uh, you know, those two games occurring head-to-head, of course, for Penn State. You know, they win. Ohio State beats Michigan. Uh, yeah, we're going to have all of our answers by 4 p.m. on Saturday as to whether or not Michigan or Penn State's going to the, uh, you know, to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, John, isn't that serious between Michigan and Penn State? Michigan State and Penn State, usually the home team is favored or has, has been the winner? I, I think that's yes. the case. Yes, they've played now pretty much the last game of the year every year since Penn State entered the Big Ten. 
So it's kind of become uh, an end-of-year rivalry. It frankly hasn't meant a whole lot. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's meant a lot for Michigan State in recent years. Uh, and then going back before that, it meant, you know, something for Penn State. Uh, but it's never meant more for Penn State than it does this week, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it still leads into the question, I mean, which I, of course, I asked last week, uh, if Ohio State beats Michigan and, you know, they're firmly ensconced in the top four, everybody now seems to be saying, and it's frankly music to my ears, AP, that, you know, Penn State beats Michigan State, beats Wisconsin ostensibly, as we're assuming Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. You have to choose Penn State. You can't, you can't choose Ohio State. The committee can't choose Ohio State over Penn State since Penn State beat them head-to-head. It would, like, literally break the rules of competition, so to speak. Yes, you know, John, but I would like to see that decision before Me the too. committee. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I want to hear, I mean, because I, I want to watch them wiggle a little bit and see if they're going to hold true to the conference mat- the conference championships matter and the head-to-head. I mean, that's two of the primary guidelines. Correct. And you're so right about the conference championships. That's gigantic. Perhaps the number one criteria, it appears. Um, I think we'd all, like, yeah, I mean, I want to see the decision because... You know, that's the way I want it to unfold. Ohio State has to beat Michigan. Penn State has to win their next two games for the decision to have to occur. And I think we all want to see it happen. I want to see it happen because it's simply the only way Penn State makes it is with Ohio State in the mix. Um, So, yeah, I think everybody wants to see it uh, because this is where, you know, the rubber meets the road, so to speak, if they have to face that specific decision. John, here's a question for you. that In the event that Ohio State keeps winning, of course, and Penn State wins, maybe those are two of the top four teams. Well, that's what I'm thinking, you know. So, so if, if that is the case, who would be four, maybe, or who might be two or three? I mean, where do you see the committee? I'm, I'm talking about the committee, not your own personal view or my personal view. What do you think the committee would do in uh, placing the teams in order? That's a great question. I, I've always assumed and haven't even really thought about it, except, you know, I'm not greedy when it comes to the Penn State point of view. Number four yeah. would be just fine. And I know yeah. that means facing Alabama in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, but uh, right. I, I don't think anybody associated with Penn State would dare you know, expect anything more than number four. And if that means Ohio State's above them, despite the fact that uh, Penn State beat Ohio State head-to-head, I, I, I'll speak for myself. I wouldn't complain about that. Just get in, you know. Right. And I know, what it, I know what it means. I get it that, you know, it means potential quick exit at the hands of Alabama. But, yeah. You know, I'll give due respect to Ohio State's schedule. You know, they they crushed Oklahoma. We were talking about them. Yeah. You know, they beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's had probably the best wins in the country. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, there's a lot of chatter and a lot of 
people talking about the fact that there was no movement after last week's craziness, chaos, and basically the the, the, the first four stayed the same except for Washington got moved down. Um, but, you know, that a lot of people believe or were saying that they think, you know, it's all it's it's all heading to towards two Big Ten teams getting in the Final Four. It looks that way, John. It sure does. Uh, we ran a poll last week, John. Speaking of the rankings, uh, at Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson, and that, that was a prediction. I just thought it'd be fun to predict before Tuesday's events. And forty percent of the people sided with the four teams we mentioned, and then sixty percent said it would be something different. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of football yet to be played. I mean, Washington still has to play Washington State in the Apple Cup. That's a biggie. That's a rivalry. They're all rivalries now at the end yeah. here. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's just going to be a fascinating end. You know, I think, obviously, there's going to be a loser on Saturday between Michigan and Ohio State. How's that all going to play out? You, you just don't know. Um the game is in Columbus. I don't think that can be overstated. Uh, and I think the status of Michigan's quarterback, Wilson Spate, is, plays a gigantic role in all of this, potentially. Yeah, that, that's, that's crucial for any team these days, uh, John, because you have to have some type of passing attack. I mean, years ago, maybe you insert another quarterback, you, you threw the ball 10 to 15 times, it wasn't as relevant, but today you have to move the ball through the air, and especially on the road when you're trying to get uh, keep the chains move, moving and not be the 1-2-3 offense, you know, 1-2-3 kick offense. Exactly, exactly. And I heard one person say, by the way, just to show how, like, you know, we talked about Oklahoma being the hottest team in the country and all that, but... Uh, uh, some prominent announcer this week said if he was naming the Final Four that he would have USC in there from, like, whatever they are, 14. Really? Yeah, that he would, like, if it was his decision, that's who'd be in there because they're the hottest team in the country. And, you know. You know, you know John, that, that's a, a good discussion at the table. The hottest teams, the best team, I mean, the hottest team equates to best team. I'm not positive. I'm not, I guess that's it's bordering on the same thing, but it's just how you define those terms. Yes, and you know that was really a part of a bigger discussion that I heard, which is that uh, you know one of the things that's good about the committee. Someone was saying that they were glad that the first, first top four basically were in effect unchanged after absolute chaos of last weekend. Because that proves that the committee is looking at the year in the, you know in its entirety versus who lost last weekend, yeah. and you know that's an interesting argument. It's not necessarily how I I would look at it, um, but you know I can appreciate the thought process. Um, so we're we're going to get. I think when it's all said and done, AP, we're going to get some insight into the committee that we haven't had in the first couple of years. I think so. I, I believe this, the circumstances have circumstances have forced these different discussions and outcomes. 
Correct. Correct. Well, outcomes are what we're looking for, and we're now, what, less than two weeks away from the final <laughs> outcome, uh, which is just going to, that could set a, a ratings record, I'm sure, in the short history of the CFP when they come out on, what is it, December 4th, I believe, with the final four the play, that are going to be in the playoff. But AP, uh, hard to believe, we're already here at our break and uh, so why don't we take our final break so I have a few more things to get to on the other side become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America sports and medicine go hand in hand Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before I get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed this Saturday's Ohio State-Michigan game at noon Eastern. Uh, that will basically set the table for how it's all going to turn out, I think, for the rest, for who ends up in the college football playoff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because all year long, everybody's been looking at this game thinking this could decide a lot, if not everything. And here we are. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to decide pretty much how the rest of the college football season plays out. But AP, uh, speaking of the college football season, as we like to do, uh, sounds like you got some news on future seasons and upcoming games. Yeah, John, just been announced today that Alabama will go back to the Chick-fil-A uh, kickoff game in 2019 to face, believe it or not, Duke University. So Duke, wow. Duke University, yeah. That's the, great, the, that's Go ahead. You know, I say they're they're led by David Cliff. You know, he graduated from University of Alabama, strong Alabama roots. So he's not been afraid to play different teams through the years. Yes, and let's not forget he is Peyton Manning's guru. 
Correct. Uh, to put it mildly, but yeah, that's interesting. AP. I, I thought you know I, I've always been interested in David Cutcliffe, and uh, I didn't realize is that he had the Alabama roots. I'm not surprised. So many people do, but I didn't realize that he did. Yeah, he he was not a player there. He kind of got hurt, but uh, he was under Coach Bryant to some degree, uh, you know, around the program as a student. So. Yeah, he's, he comes back. He was inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame a year or two ago, and uh, David likes to get in the mix and play these teams. He's not afraid. Yeah, well, Duke is, uh, I mean, when last seen, Duke was beating North Carolina, correct? A good North Carolina team. Yes, 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 sure, and they're not having their best season. And uh, the last time they, the Alabama had a home-and-home with them, they played a game at at Wade, uh, Wallace Wade Stadium. I mean, of course, Wallace Wade is the one who got Alabama going in the Rose Bowl in 1920, after the 25 season, got their first championship. So the stadium at, in Durham, North Carolina is named Wallace Wade Stadium. Yeah, well, the way I look at it, AP, is, you know, Steve Spurrier got that program going. Yes. And the Duke football program. But David, yes. David Cutcliffe has finished the job. Uh, and I think something like the announcement that you just referred to, Duke and Alabama and the kickoff classic in a couple of years, shows that Duke is now a major player in college football. And that, that's the goal, right? That's, you want to be, have a chance to compete and play against the best teams. And, and David, he's, he's you know, been at big programs in the past, at Tennessee, at, at Ole Miss. And, uh, so he, he's raring to go, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt. That's going to be, that game is played in Atlanta, correct? Atlanta, 2019, the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Like Labor Day weekend or whatever, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the August, right, at Labor Day weekend, yes. All right. So, this week's Iron Bowl AP, it's, uh, it's in Tuscaloosa, correct? Correct. So, what's the, uh, I know you've been to a few of them, what's the... Uh, it's something special. I've talked to some people who have been there, including yourself, but uh, some people say it's the best, uh, you know, the best college football game of the year to go to. You know, Michigan-Ohio State's right there, but, you know, it's as good as it gets in college football, the the Iron Bowl. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game because you have the players who've competed against each other in high school within the state. You have players from around the southeast, uh, a lot of times there's the significance of the league championship being decided that day, the, the, the Western Division participant. There's a national, impli- national championship in- implications. So, yeah, yeah the, you make your legend on these Saturdays in November competing against Auburn or Alabama, you know, or vice versa, and you make your, your, your bones and uh, legends happen on these Saturdays in November. Absolutely, and they have played some classics recently, to say the least. Nothing, nothing makes a good rivalry like you know both teams being able to win. Uh, it's not one-sided by any means. Uh, clearly, Alabama looks to be, uh, frankly, unbeatable. I mean, what's the? I have to ask you, like, what's the mood down there? I mean, you guys have won four out of the last seven national championships. Is there any element of, like, just kind of surprise that your guys are this good? Was that expected this year? I mean, I, I'll be honest. I didn't expect it. I witnessed last year's national championship victory over Clemson. You kindly introduced me to many members of Alabama Nation, which I loved. 
but you know, I didn't realize that Alabama would be as good as they are this year. Uh, you know, they were losing some people last year, namely the Heisman Trophy winner, Derrick Henry, and assorted <laughs> others. Uh, but, uh, you know, has there been any element of, like, a little bit of surprise that they're this good? I think so, John, because with Nick Saban teams, it's always been the huge question, who will quarterback Alabama? Correct. And to have this true freshman from Channel View High School in Texas step in and... I mean, he's in the Heisman Trophy running, John. Correct, absolutely. As a true freshman, I mean, he's, he set the rushing record last week. He's had 803 yards as a quarterback at Alabama, uh, eclipsing Stedman Shealy's record of 791 that was, was uh, established in 1979. And Stedman, of course, won the national championship at Alabama, was undefeated as a starter, 12-0, and and Jacob Coker broke that record last year, 14-0, and even though he didn't. He didn't start the Ole Miss game, which Alabama lost. So he could break another record by going undefeated. He'll break. He could break Jacob Coker's record going fifteen and zero. That was just set last season as a starter. And uh, amazing. You know, yeah, and he. And I think he's got about another maybe thousand yards, and he could possibly break the single season yardage record for the quarterback position. Yeah. And what a position to be in. You know, like I said, they've won four out of seven. They're heavily favored to do it this year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, for the first time, let's assuming you Alabama wins it this year, then suddenly you come out looking ahead, look at, you know, on the horizon after another national championship in what would be five of eight. And for the first time in recent memory, you're heading into one, if not more seasons, one, two or three seasons of like, you know, the quarterback position at Alabama is just all set. And that is like a scary thought for the rest of college football, right? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you know you don't have to train somebody, and he's gonna he, he he's been improving every game, right? Which is uh, frightful for these defensive coordinators. And Alabama, the strength of their team really is their incredible depth uh, that has NFL potential at every position. The only place I think Alabama would kind of uh, hold, you hold in your breath maybe was the place kicker. Uh, he's been up and down, Adam Griffith. So, the, you know, the punting is excellent. J.K. Scott, tight end position, wide receivers, the running backs as a group have been very good. We mentioned the quarterback. The offensive line has played well. Defensively, this is the most athletic ever at Alabama, I believe, under Nick Saban, which I've been saying since uh, the season ended last year because I felt the linebackers were going to be the fastest and most athletic. And then the defensive line, they're setting records, uh, rushing the passer last couple seasons. I mean, that's one area where Nick Saban did not have much of a quarterback uh, pass-rushing edge players, but he does now. And then, I mean, they lost Eddie Jackson, All-American safety, and then Mika Fitzpatrick really stepped in there and everything has been very good. So, if you're going to beat Alabama, it's going to be a long day because you're going to have to play well. You're going to have, your quarterback's going to have to play well and be poised and ready for the pressure. Your offensive line is going to have to block well. And uh, even on special teams, I mean, you have to be ready against Alabama. Yes, it's going to be fascinating to watch AP. Uh, again, Alabama with a quarterback. Scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show. And thanks as always for your great perspective and uh, and going to be a fun weekend coming up. Enjoy the Iron Bowl. Well, thank you, John, and, and happy Thanksgiving to you and all the listeners. Yes, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.